Welcome back to the Football Zone with Nick Martone, no Woody Brown. And Luca Galvin, we're missing our third member, Woody Brown. He is in Arizona currently playing some footy. Away on international break. Yep. He, as international break closes. It's as of, international break closes. I mean, yeah. what an international break we had. I mean, the World Cup. Probably the greatest international break of all time. Summer world, doesn't really count. I mean, this was just such a fun World Cup to watch. I mean, every day in class, just those those days <laughs> when, when every... Well, I would never do that, obviously. But when it was like, what was it, two weeks in a row yeah. of just games from 4 a.m. to Ten. 11 a.m.? Two. To two. 11. 11. You know, I caught some mysterious sicknesses a couple of times and had to stay home a couple of days. I know. The, the, the cold was running rampant. It you was know, 2 a.m. and I just felt really sick, so I just watched my Japan versus Germany and... Back to bed, slept the day away. But I mean, Germany were disappointed in this World Cup. They were very disappointing. And I remember I predicted that. I predicted that Germany were going to be awful. I remember that actually. I said that Belgium would be a very disappointing team, mm-hmm. which I, seems very true. But it's hard to not see why they wouldn't fail. They just don't have a defense, man. They really don't. They they have old age in their defense and I feel like Brazil had that same issue too I would argue that Brazil were the biggest disappointment of this World Cup because I think everyone expected them to make a final and it feels like back to back to back World Cups of just disappointment well I stand in agreement with you I mean I did have them in my final and they didn't Mm -hmm. make it yeah but I I care to think that maybe Belgium was a bigger disappointment Mm -hmm. as the world's number two ranked team, probably unfairly. I don't think they deserve number two. I agree. But they didn't make it out of the group stage. How could that happen? Yeah, and I feel like that's embarrassing, especially when teams like the United States made it out of the group stage, who are good. But, I mean, when you think of Belgium, you think of the best player in the world right now. One of them, Kevin De Bruyne. What? One of the best players I thought Messi was Argentinian, bro. What? One of the best players in the world, <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne. He is a very good player, but I think that he might be a little bit of a system player who likes to play with players as talented as himself, and so maybe none of that was the reason that Belgium was yeah, but I also so early. feel like Belgium are just trash. Well, yeah, I think time. it's hard to be a creative player when the players around you can't finish anything. So. Exactly when you have Lukaku, and it's just it's just hard. It's just really hard. hard. The difference from Holland to Lukaku is crazy. I mean, I think one of my favorite things about this World Cup, and honestly just every World Cup, was to see some of the young ballers. and Some of the young ballers perf- like just go crazy. Especially like my man Julian Alvarez. What a lad. I mean, there were some obvious ones. Of course we all knew that Mbappe was going to go crazy. I think a lot of people thought that Gakpo was going to play really well. but I don't Which think, he did. I don't think anyone expected the Argentinian duo of Julian Alvarez and Enzo Fernandez to be probably the best two young players players of the World Cup, yeah. besides Mbappe, because we it, just take I don't him even out. count. I, we take Mbappe for granted. We don't even consider him to be a young player anymore at this point. We're just so used to his level of consistency, and yeah. we forget the I mean, fact that fair, he's only 22. He's 23. So I think he technically is out of young player status, but, like, not that much. Like, he still is a young player who's, like, five years from their prime, which is insane to think about. It is. But, you know, my goat Messi was scoring 91 goals at this age, so That's step true. it up, Mbappe. Well, to be honest, I wouldn't be shocked if Mbappe broke that record. Because yeah, he's or in the, Holland. He's, Mbappe and Holland, I don't think Holland will, but I think Mbappe is in the ideal scenario to do such because of the league he's in and yeah. the amount of the the free reign he's given. I think especially if he were to go to La Liga with Real Madrid or Barcelona, I think he probably goes as crazy as Messi win yeah. just because 
PSG will be hard for him to break the record, even though the league is so bad, just because he has other players that are stars around him. Exactly. But at uh, Real Madrid or a Barcelona, I he mean, he's, be, he he's competing with guy. no one but maybe Vinny Jr. So it's pretty easy for him at that point. But Nick, could you have predicted Enzo Fernandez to win the young player of the tournament? I, I don't think I could have. I, I don't won't think be honest. Before could've. the World Cup, I had no idea who that man was. I only knew of him because of Benfica and PSG, those games. I'm like, he played pretty good. And he was, I mean, he his transfer market value was pretty crazy before the World Cup, and I wasn't really buying it. But now I understand why he's worth about $120 million. But I, I don't, I think there, there are rumors that Chelsea and Benfica are coming they, to a deal. but They were. But, but the the, the, the the talks dissolved, and so they're no longer together. They're like in FIFA, you know, the talks broke down, so they won't retry exactly, for a bit until exactly. the summer, maybe. What, what was the come was, to Arsenal? What was the predicted um, transfer fee? One hundred and twenty million. One hundred twenty, which mil. is his release clause, which yeah. is what Benfica wanted. They wanted that or more. Yeah, and they're just like saying, if you don't do the the if you do not do the release clause, then we're yeah. not gonna. And Chelsea play them. allegedly was saying something around the tune of eighty five million and that was not gonna be accepted. Yeah. But you know, Chelsea have had it really unlucky at the moment. Obviously today, Thursday, Chelsea plays Man City and they add to their injury woes. Christian Pulisic and Raheem Sterling are both now injured, adding to the long list of players such as Wesley Fofana. Reese James. Reese James. I feel like there might be more even. I, I'd like to think so. There is more, but I don't think they're as important. So but it's just crazy how like unlucky Chelsea is, and it's crazy how much that I like. Sorry, how much I don't really care. And I feel like at this <laughs> Sorry, point there, I, ha- there is a big one that we forgot, which is Angelo Conte. And yeah. you could even say Mendy is pretty interesting. But well, it's Ke- just Ke- so unlucky for Ke- them. Keppa has been holding it down. But yeah. also it's it's I feel like at this point it has to be on the training staff. Cause how are you gonna let these many players come back from injury? Get you know who's having again? a remontada? A comeback for people who don't know. Who's- Do you remember the old Chelsea trainer from like twenty fourteen that had beef with Jose Mourinho? I don't remember that. Her name was Ava something. I don't know. But mm-hmm. she's kind of like a Premier League legend, and she's rumored to be coming back. Really? And Chelsea obviously need it with how bad their injury situation has been recently. But it was a pretty, like, stalemate-ish game. I mean, Pep played a weird formation, as he always does. He always and tries to do too much, but, you know Graham Potter won. did nothing. <laughs> he just did his whatever. I don't know. I don't think Graham Potter is really the right man for Chelsea. I feel like I've said this all along, but he's yeah, a great have. coach, but his system is like they just don't have the right players for him, and it's Chelsea, and I don't think that they're going to be very patient with him. I think he might get the sack by the end of the year, which would be crazy if you're buying a project manager and not letting him have a project, but we'll yeah. see. Well, I mean, honestly, I think, they, I think with the amount of signings that they're making, I don't think they would... Uh, off him at the end of this year, the end of this season. I, I would hope not. I mean, but if they do finish where they are right now, which is like ninth or 10th, that would be realistically a way in which I could see him getting the sack because even though Thomas Tuchel was also seen as kind of a project manager, he was still finishing top four in his first season. So mm-hmm. it's hard to see. Can we talk about Jack Grealish for a moment? Yeah, he's had like the most polarizing performances of like all time. I mean, three assists in his past three games. Is it fair to say that he's turning a corner? Especially- Not really, because 
the game against Leeds was maybe the most shambolic performance I've ever seen that he just like picked <laughs> up in the second half. His first half, he missed like two sitters, and yeah. the second half, he had two nice assists. So you know, but like he's just so confusing to me. I mean, I do. He's I understand. So confusing, and he came on in the 60th minute, immediately gets an assist. Yeah, has a great 30 minutes. I mean, I'd love to see this, some more consistency out of him, mm-hmm. and I just hope he keeps it up. Because he really was so class for Aston Villa. Yeah, I think that's like part of City's problem this year in the Prem. They're just no longer... Uh, Consistent. They're no longer a Premier League team with Holland. Like, they're, me and Nick had talked about this, but they are more of a Champions League team now, we're, and we're you can see it hurt. Champions League. Yeah, they, they, Holland was the chance for the... was Is their chance for the Champions League. But in turn, they're pretty easy to understand what's going to happen in the, all their games. And yeah. so... Their games kind of play out very similar every time. It's get the ball to Holland and he'll score. And if he doesn't, maybe we get lucky yeah, with the rebound. We, we have we have pretty solid chance creation, but we aren't finishing them besides Holland. Yeah. And the and the occasional you know brilliance from Kevin De Bruyne. Or yeah, some player might have a random moment, but usually it's Holland it's scores. Holland. And that's I think where City's problem is is that a team like Brentford can basically study how to shut down Erling Holland. And if they do it, they win the game. Yeah, that's what they did. And same with like Everton, they shut him down. He got a goal, and Damari Gray hit. Oh, what a goal he had! But yeah. to tie the game, Damari Gray always comes up with some random bangers against big six teams to like get massive results. I'm talking about last year when he beat Arsenal two one. I mean, so Dem- Damari Gray is a class player, and I think he's getting wasted at Everton. I mean. Everton are just awful. Who, yeah, who doesn't get wasted at Everton? This season they have had a great defense, but it's really hard to, like, I don't know, value a team like that who's very, just they don't create a lot. They have no, like, midfield magician, I think is their problem. They Every don't. other team has it, but. I mean, they got battered 4-1 by Brighton, and their only goal was a pen in the 90th yeah, minute. It's crazy to go from tying City to losing to Brighton 4-1. I mean, who, what, what? You said they need midfield, but what else do we think they need? I mean, their defense is great, even though they're not, even though they didn't play like that great against um, Brentford. Obviously, they played poorly, but in general, I think that they have one of the best defenses in the Premier League. I think their problem more lies in that their offense is basically dead besides Damari Gray and their midfield is very defensive-minded unless Awobi has, like, a great game. Yeah. They basically have two chances to score, and that's Damari Gray does something crazy or Awobi does something crazy, and otherwise they're kind of just... Yeah, eh. and, I, and I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin is one of the most overrated strikers in the he Prem. He just used to be so good. I mean, he used to be, like, the, the linked-with-Arsenal striker, but now yeah. he's gone, and now he's not even good. So it's like, thank God we didn't sign him. 100%. You know who's better than him? Who is better My than go. him? My go. Eni Nketiah. What a, what a return to form he's had. I mean... Replacing the void that yeah, was I mean, the injury to Gabriel Jesus. I think with Gabriel Jesus, we probably beat Everton. And don't even get me started on the game because that was a robbery. Newcastle. What a robbery. The game versus Newcastle. Yes. This game versus Newcastle. Arsenal tied 0-0. It is allegedly the ball was in play for 43 minutes out of the max 90. And Arsenal had to, to, two... to put that in perspective for you, that's less than half the game the ball was in play, which is 
Crazy. Crazy. And, you know, most Premier League games average around 57 minutes in play, and so people are like, it's not that much lower. But 14 minutes below average is still insane. It's crazy. And what's worse than that is that, of course, Newcastle are going to come on the road away and kick the ball out and do nothing. But maybe two of the worst calls... VAR has seen all year twice Anthony Taylor doesn't go or not Anthony Taylor but twice the referee doesn't go to VAR on two clear penalties first a crossed ball hits a player's hand obviously Shaka crosses the ball in it hits a player's hand and it was obvious every Arsenal player is calling for this penalty call nothing and then a second one which had Twitter ablaze which is Pretty funny, but was Gabriel weren't both of them not even reviewed on VAR? So yeah, both of these weren't reviewed on VAR because they're obviously pens, and so if they were reviewed, they would have been called. But in the box on a free kick by Saka, Gabriel going to about where the ball would be gets pulled down by two defenders, very obviously. Like they get tangled, they all fall over, and you can see him get pulled down, and no VAR review. It's just crazy. It's very disappointing. I think we 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 might have missed Gabriel Jesus today. And you might have missed Emil Smith Rowe as well. I do. I think that too. I think that my what my biggest problem with Arteta is that he really doesn't like to sub like players out. Maybe if they're not having the greatest game, and I think same that, is- that same issue that Pep has. It, it kind of like it, which makes sense why he has it because Arteta and, studied yeah. under Pep. And it also kind of annoys me that he won't like try like why not put. Fabio Vieira and take out Nketiah and put Martinelli at the nine. You obviously can tell that Newcastle has a slower defense that's gonna bully no matter what striker we put in in the air. So why not just put Martinelli in it, run, let him run at defenders? I mean, he's like the scariest player to play against. I don't know, but we had, we had two other great games from Arsenal. Uh, just on Boxing Day, we beat. Um, West Ham 3-1, and Eddie and Kedia scored a great, great goal. I mean, you guys are really on form right now, and, you know, I don't think this draw is really halting your guys' run. Of course not. It, it is a good result, to be honest. I mean, Newcastle have lost one game on the road, and it was a 90th plus 7 winner from Fabio Carvalho against Liverpool. And speaking of Liverpool, having... A tough Premier League this season. Recently just losing to Brentford 3-1 in tactical dominance by Thomas Frank and a little bit of poor finishing, which maybe their new signing Cody Gakpo can help them with, but I I don't know if even he is enough to fix them. Well, I mean, Liverpool fleeced PSV on that signing. For real. Gakpo had a great World Cup, as we mentioned earlier, and he's second in the world in GA this in like from the start of the season, only behind mm-hmm. Erling Holland, which is right. I think he's top five now. After World Cup, it goes Messi, Mbappe, Neymar, Holland. Gakpo? Uh, I meant I meant before the start of oh, international okay. then, break. Yeah, and Gak and Gakpo is just a a great player, a great finisher, and I think he'll fit the Liverpool system really well. It's just it was just a very surprising signing because Man United had wanted him for a long time, and he wanted them, and he was rumored, and it makes sense because Ten Hag is Dutch. Mm-hmm. And Gakpo is Dutch, just made sense. Everything made sense, and he would fit United. Then he just went to Liverpool. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think maybe the Glazers aren't backing Ten Hag as much as they should. Probably because they're selling the company, but I don't really know. United seem to not know what they're doing with their money. Yeah, and I think United are going to be a lot scarier once the Glazers are out because if Ten Hag has some owners who actually back him, yeah. It's a little worrying for the league because he's a great manager. 
and he's shown that so far. You know, maybe a little bit of bias here, but I think a scarier than that would be a Mikel Arteta who has financial backing because yeah. Arsenal owners are known to not really want to spend money on the club. But I think maybe Gakpo's World Cup performance hurt his transfer market value Why so? in, in an interesting way. He performed so well, and I think he finally realized, maybe I can do this on the world stage and I need to leave PSV. And so I think that rushed PSV into selling him, which means that he got sold for less because PSV knew that he wanted out at that point. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And like Anthony did with, like Anthony did, like United did with Anthony, and United overpaid mightily for Anthony. Yeah, I think that could have happened again if PSC, if PSV were patient, because Man United spent over a hundred mil for Anthony, which was way too much money. Yeah, I mean, I think this Anthony signing has broken Premier League winger signings because 100%. now outside of Mikhailo Mudrić, who is Arsenal's number one target at the moment, the Shakhtar owners, the club who has Mudrić at their team, Shakhtar are now Donsix. they're saying that they want an Anthony price tag for Mudrich, who probably doesn't deserve it at this moment, even though some some of the coaches that he's played with are saying that he will win in Ballon d'Or in his career, which is crazy. Brighton manager Deserby has just said that that's what he thinks will happen. So he thinks Mudrich will star under crazy. a Premier League team and win a Ballon d'Or. But I just don't think $100 million is worth it. Even for Cody Gakpo, who's like leading in the top five for goals and assists. I mean, I just... $100 million is crazy. But... Our our world leader for goals and assists is the GOAT, Premier League, not Premier League, La Liga, Champions League, and now World Cup winner, Leo Messi. Well, and, and a Ligue no? Yep. I mean, there's nothing he can't do. I think, he, I hope he doesn't He's retire. a winning player and he succeeds everywhere he goes. And he's I think he's the confirmed, not even close, greatest of all time. Unfortunate for Ronaldo, who now is playing for a Saudi Arabian club, Al Nasser. So, I don't know. Messi's a GOAT. Arsenal are the best team in the Premier League. City are disappointing. And well, finally, we're Liverpool and United are trash. Them. So that's all I think. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Football Zone with Nick Matone, no Woody Brown, and Luca Galvin. And thank you for tuning in to KMIH 889 The Bridge.